0: and what's good everybody this is frosty and dj waves and this here is the also table talk interviews um if you tuned into our last episode of season two you would remember that we we're going to do something different because i was moving away from those moving out of sydney into the gold coast so this is it this is our interviews part and today we have a very special guest with us yeah. Um, it is our honor and privilege to be able to share this uh, OG story. Uh, he's a triple OG from Carson in California. Um, he's done a lot of uh, life, he's seen a lot of things, and he has a massive story to tell. And he just wants to get uh, his story out there and also share his heart and to encourage the youth and to encourage our people and uplift our people. Um there's, uh, he also run, is the head of the re-entry program of the full movement, which he will go into detail a bit later and to share uh, about what they're doing out in, um, out in the United States and also just what they're doing to encourage our people and to show our people a better way. Um, so with no further ado, I would like to introduce uh, also. Bill, Taulua, a.k.a. Pineapple and Pine. What's good,
1: who's Mahalo, my brothers. It's an honor to be here. Thank you for having me.
0: Yeah, yeah, well, man, just, just as we said on, um, it, just as I said in the, the intro, it is our honor and privilege to have somebody like you on our podcast, on our interviews, um, you know, a section of our podcast, and we just want to get your story out there um so i just i guess we'll just dive straight into it and um and if you could share with us just about maybe let's start from the very beginning your childhood um you know how you grew up and how you were raised if you wanted to um share a little bit about that
1: yeah yeah most definitely um i was born in hawaii i was born in hawaii um i grew up in california uh we stayed in northern california when we was about i'll say maybe about four years old three four years old and then we moved down to southern california that's over there by los angeles area uh we ended up uh, uh my mom and dad ended up getting a house in carson and so that's where i grew up at uh growing up wasn't bad uh i was going to church uh, it was a seven-day Adventist. Uh we were the first Samoan seven day Adventist in Compton. Wow.
0: Um
1: so if uh the, the house was very strict. Um you know you know how the the Samoan uh parents are they're very strict. It's all about yeah. the fair hours, going to church, yeah. go to school, come back, um and yeah. fair hours. you know uh, you know uh they do the local at night and that's pretty much it. Um I wasn't really allowed to uh, get involved in sports when I was young, there was no support there. And so, um, wasn't doing too good in, uh, in school, still trying to learn things, uh, uh, about how things are, you know, cause your parents, you know, they come from Samoa. They don't understand the American way. They don't speak English. So they're not too familiar with everything. You know, they just go to work, come home and that's pretty much it. So yeah. when you step out that door, you know, it's all about, you know, you have to learn on your own. And so you know uh, it was tough. You know uh, when I grew up, it was at uh, that neighborhood I grew up at. First, it was a lot of Palangis, but then uh, uh, slowly but surely the Palangis moved out. It was three Samoan families and maybe two Maori families, yes. and then uh, some Mexicans. But majority was Palangis. So when the the brown people started coming in, the Palangis were slowly moving out. <laughs> and so when when that happened um you know uh all the guys you know we just started being gang. you know i wasn't doing good in school because i wasn't allowed to do any sports or anything like that and instead of just con- continuing my studies i just got involved uh you know with the with the bad kids yeah. you know and uh uh i started about seventh grade when i was probably about 13 14 i started smoking weed that's that's how i started off when i got to about the ninth grade i started drinking and when i got to the 10th grade it was like you know it was on and cracking Mm -hmm. you know it went from smoking weed drinking beer hanging out now i'm getting to uh the harder drugs you know angel dust pcp and things like that and so now uh i got involved with the gang so you know i quickly uh, uh, went up the ranks in the gangs because back in those days in the 70s you had to fight a lot yeah. Okay. And so you had to prove yourself that way. So, you know, the the Uso was pretty good with these lemurs you know. And uh yeah, um, yeah. and so, you know, the uh um uh, I became one of the leaders at an early age, uh uh in my neighborhood. And um uh, uh not too long after that though, I, I'm I'm still trying to remember things because you know, yeah, <laughs> your Uso's kind of you know triple OG, you mm-hmm. know, I gotta I gotta get the memory back. Yeah, but yeah. uh uh, yeah. So while I was going through that, I, I tried to turn it around. Uh, you know, I was about, about 18, 19 years old. I was trying to do the right thing. My mom and dad was always in my ear about church. So I settled down. I settled down, got married. Things were going pretty good the first year. I, I started working, but the money just wasn't good enough. You know, the money that you make at work and the money that you get from the streets. Yeah. So when things got bad at work, you know, it, I went right back to the streets. And so, you know, it started getting rough in the streets and I was getting in trouble. I was starting to go back to jail now. Mm-hmm. And so uh uh I kept getting busted. You know, I kept, <laughs> you know, yo Uso, man, he's just clumsy like that, man. You know, I can't stay away mm-hmm. from them lilos, man. <laughs> <laughs> you know, so uh um, you know, I kept going back in the uh LA County jail and uh finally my wife got uh, uh tired of it. This is after five years. You know, my wife got tired of it and I had uh, three kids and uh, she just just decided that, you know, that was it. And so that, you know, the drugs, the drinking and all that, and and then she left, it just blew my mind. You know, it was uh, it was uh, I couldn't handle it. You know, I didn't have the tools to handle that that part of life. You know, my my the tools I had was all about getting high, out in the streets, doing what we do. But when it comes to real life, I couldn't deal with it. You know, moms and pops, you know, dad, he was there, you know, and I'm not, not blaming him for any bad choices I made, but my pops was there. But, you know, we never really sat down and we had, you know, uh uh, life talk you know like son this is how you do this i mean he'll say that in a scolding way when you get in trouble or something but never uh, a man to man sit down and you know i want you to do this like this and you know and when you get married you know those type of conversations you know Mm -hmm. this is how you deal with things so i never had those conversations with my pops and i know he loved me but they you know how moms and pops are are in, in our culture their generation they teach you by their actions. You know, they go to work, they love you like that. But when it comes down to sitting and schooling you, it's, you know, it's something different. So anyway, when that happened to me, uh, when my wife decided to leave, uh, I didn't know how it was going to affect me. I didn't know it was going to affect me that way, you know, because I was like always on the run. I was always, always doing my thing. Never thought about that. And when it happened, it just broke me down. And so, boom, I was right into the life. I went right back yeah. to everything that I know. Went back to the hood, started mm-hmm. doing the drugs, started selling drugs, started getting in trouble. Like, I didn't care. If I get yeah. killed, I get killed. If I die, I die, oh well. So, you, Anyways, you, that's you, when I, I picked up this case. What's that?
0: Sorry, I, I was just I was just gonna say, um, you were talking about the the gang that you joined in, that you, 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 you uh, climbed the ranks um so you you're sharing with me and i had heard in a uh, another podcast shout out to ron from 30 to life um i heard on that podcast that it was uh you, you were in a mexican gang
1: yeah it was a uh, uh, it was a gang uh you know the majority was mexicans and so uh uh to me if i if i went to an because i grew up with them i went to school with them and um and so it wouldn't make sense for me to go join another gang from another city, from another neighborhood, yeah. and, and I'm living right here, yeah. you know. And plus, uh, that's when all the, the gangs were all started coming out in the 70s. This is my generation. We're the ones, you know, I'm ashamed to admit it. I'm embarrassed to say it all the time, but we're the generation that started all this. Yeah. And so that's why it's so important for me to, to speak out on it. Because now we're starting to, you know, we want to make a change for all our brothers and sisters that, you know, that came after us. So all the gangs out here in LA, far as the the Samoan gangs, and a lot of the gangs, uh uh life started at in the 70s, back in the 70s. So all the Samoan gangs was coming out, Compton, Long Beach, uh, Torrance, you name it, there was just all over the place, Santa Ana, Orange County, uh, San Diego. It was, it was just, you know, it, was, it spread like wildfire. Mm-hmm. And so for me, the one thing I knew is that, you know, most Samoans were all related some way or another were all mm-hmm. related. So that stopped me from joining another Samoan gang. You know, I didn't wanna, you know, something happened. I might kill my cousin by accident or something. Yeah. And, you know, so that's gonna be, you know, that's like just double trouble. You know, if you start fighting with another uh, Uso from your family or something, then when you come home, that family is going to be at the house, knocking at the door, telling your mom and daddy. So not (laughs) only are you going to get, you know, whatever punishment you're going to get from the streets, but you're going to get punished again when you get home. Yeah, yeah. (laughs) You know, so yeah, that's what made me just stick to uh, uh, the, the Mexicans' the essays. And plus, I like their little swag, man. They, you know, something about the essays, man, you know, you creased up, you know, mm-hmm. you got the baggy pants, you got the stasis, you got the hats, the low riders. Yeah. You know, I just, it was something about that that, you know, I, I liked. And I still not, iron my clothes. I'm not messing, I don't yeah. mess around or nothing, but I, you know, I just I, I iron yeah. my clothes. I'm just used yeah. to it when I was young.
0: Yeah, waves. waves can. Uh, ways will agree with me. That that whole Chicano scene or the Cholo sort of uh, swag. Everyone tried to emulate it out here and in New Zealand. Like everyone was wearing pickies <laughs> and trying to wear, you know, all their Chuck Taylors and free stuff. And yep. you know, that that was a big um, a big thing out here. Keeps of people wear Raider gear out here. They but they don't they don't actually watch football. They go for it, but they were, so just, they were it's really also just, happy just the color, <laughs> you know, the you know the influence that came out of um you know out of LA, and so yeah, that's that's yeah, it's crazy. I wanted to um quickly just ask.
2: I know you you were saying that you didn't really have that that sort of sit down relationship with your father, um, and just hearing that, how like you kind of really were drawn towards more um your Sorry, I don't know how to say it, but like the leaders of your gang at that time, would you say they were more um, like dominant in playing that kind of father figure role or role
1: model in, in your life? Like the you talking the about gang in gang? the gangs? Yeah, yeah. I mean, there, there, there are homeboys you look up to, but you know, yeah, I look yeah. up to them like, like brothers. Oh, okay. yeah. you know because there's nobody can replace your pops you know even though mm-hmm. we not me and my dad didn't have that relationship but no i i didn't there was nobody that important to me in the neighborhood that i would you know look up to and say you know uh you know look up look at like that you yeah, know but yeah. they were like brothers you know they were family they were like family man because you know i felt at ease when i was around them you know, I, I I I know this type of lifestyle, you know, I I, I kind of felt the lifestyle, you know, and I liked it and, you know, everything that we were doing, yeah. you know, uh, uh, was, was about that lifestyle, man, you know, we go out there and we gang bang, this is what we do. Once I joined in, I was all in, you know, it was no holding back. It was, uh, you know, and, and I was willing to die for it, you know, at an early age. I didn't care, you know, if I died, I died, you know, but I'm dying for the hood. That's that mentality mm-hmm. we had. You know, yeah. so yeah, it was, uh, it was, it was crazy. Yeah, yeah we, we, st- it, look, let me, let me, uh, <laughs> we were stand at corners and kicking back. There'll be about, uh, uh, five or 10 of us or whatever. And, you know, we're kicking back and, you know, we, we, we think we're protecting the neighborhood. That's what we think we're doing, you know. This is our neighborhood. We're protecting it, and we're protecting it from the public, you know, so the public don't get hurt. That's how crazy our thinking was, you know. So we were like, man, the neighborhood should be looking at us, like, you know, give us a thumbs up, you know. But we didn't, you know. This is all. This is the crazy mentality that we had, you know. But you know, we didn't understand that we was bringing damage to the community. We was, you know, hurting our community. All that, you know. We, it was just crazy, man. That's, that's, that's that mentality that we had. It was like, you know, we thought we was protecting the hood. Yeah.
0: Yeah. I can definitely, I can definitely see that, you know, uh, but I, <clears throat> I also, I think I've watched a couple of documentaries that were that talk about that, that like a lot of gangs started out of that, protecting their neighborhood because you know, there was a threat from another hate neighborhood or or so on and so forth. But um, you're talking about um, how you caught this this case that um that you went away for.
1: Um, Yeah. So you want me to go go into that? Yeah. Yeah. So so it was uh we was out there I was uh working with some dudes from from another gang, and um you know we were pretty close. Uh, They were from out there deep down in L.A. They out there with them. The gangs out there pretty you know like been around for a long time the essay gang's out that way so so uh, uh one day they came through the house and uh they wanted me to go to party with them out there in la So i'm like all right you know let me take care of some business and we'll go care of my business about 30 minutes later we gone we gone down to la so we're going down there and you know we pull out the bottles and we're dipping we're getting high you know the i don't know if you guys know but that's the, the pcp you know, you get the cigarette, you dip it in the juice, and you light it up, you know, boom. You know, we're drinking 40s. So we go down to LA and uh we 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 at the party. So after the party, that's where everything started going all bad. I was on my way home, got into it with some people, and I took off and uh I got chased by the uh LAPD. So uh uh, uh in our world back in them days, uh Anytime you deal with the LAPD, it's on and cracking. You know, you don't stop, you don't you just go and do whatever you're doing, because they go, you're gonna go to jail. So during that chase in in LA, we're going all over the place in LA, they're trying to get me and uh I uh I ran into another car and I killed somebody. And uh uh and I got a 15 years of life sentence because of that. And so uh hmm so that's still you know when i go back to that night and i think about that i think about that person that i took his life and uh i don't know if he got a family you know i'm pretty you know i'm not know he has a family but i'm just like you know i don't know you know if he got kids or anything like that so it always kind of uh you know, bring back me, uh, brings me back to reality of, you know, the damage that i caused my, you know, not only to him and his family, but to the community, you know, because not only him and his family is affected, but the community is affected as well. You know, the people that seen that, you know, other people, you know, the people that lives around there had to see that stuff. And, you know, mm-hmm. it's, it's just a domino effect when you do some stuff like that and you don't think about it. And then the consequences of, uh, uh, uh Of your stupidity and uh you know so sometimes yeah when i do talk about that uh uh, yeah it, it stings it still stings no matter what you know because uh you know i'm here you know i'm uh enjoying my life and uh that brother is no longer here you know so i always gotta and this is part of why i do what i do yeah you know because it's a healing process for me it makes it helps me make amends to him his family and uh just the community you know and then it also helps me uh share my story to our little brothers and sisters that are listening you know because this lifestyle you know it's painful it's not it's not something to be bragging about it's not anything to be proud of you know this will lead you down a road that if you're lucky you'll be sitting here you know trying to share your story you know because if not you know you can be gone in you know a quick second you know so yeah. yeah that's uh that that's uh that's how i caught my case you know i got that 15 life sentence which i turned into 30 years which i didn't have to do you know i i ended up turning that into 30 years because once i did that it was like uh you know what else uh do i have to live for you know i lost all hope uh didn't care about nothing no more i took this man out i disgraced the family so you know what what's, what's the next thing you know i'm still alive but it's not even worth living no more you know so when i went to prison i still stayed into that life you know uh, survival now it's a whole different twist when you go to prison, because that's where mm-hmm. you got, you know, now you're with men that, you know, that that's all they know is this type of lifestyle. So now you got to figure out a way how you're going to survive, you know, and, you know, you got to hustle, you got to be involved in whatever you need to be involved in to survive. And, and so that's a whole other lifestyle, you know, that you got to, now you got to go through and you're never and the thing is when i first went to prison i never thought i was gonna have a chance to come home never so i was willing to die in there too you know i was i just kind of set my my you know like this is it yeah this this is where you know bell tower was going to die it's crazy
0: how one like one moment (laughs) in your life and it it changed the whole direction of your life. You know, Um, sometimes I remember you and I were talking how like often with guys, you know, young Usos that are living in the street life or whatnot, they it's any actions that are made out of, you know, not thinking straight or stupidity can lead you anywhere. And um, like, it's, it's just crazy to hear that that it wasn't specifically a, a gang activity that you were doing that put you away. But it was it was through trying to get away from the police that you know and crashing into another car that that changed your life forever and and something powerful that you shared with me uh because i because i remember saying like uh, um you know you, you could end up you know that life you could end up in prison and you said yeah that's if you're lucky and and that was something that really hit me because i was thinking to me, I'm thinking, oh man, like prison would be, you know, one of the worst things. Whereas, you just shared after you've served your time, and now you're, you know, you're you're sitting there and and you know you're you're in you know you're enjoying your life now and and you're you know sharing your story with the youth and encouraging people. Whereas you could end up six feet deep, you know, and that's that's the reality of it. And I remember that conversation and that with you, and that was something that really hit me.
1: Yeah. I mean, that's, um, it's, it's just crazy when you don't think about your life, you know, you don't think about the future, you know, when we were growing up, we just thought about today and hopefully making to the next day, you know, that's the way we thought, you know, and yeah, it's just, uh, uh, it's by the grace of God that, you know, I've been able to get this second chance to, you know just to do something better man just to be a better person and to give back you know and that and i'm real passionate about it i love what i'm doing now and 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 that just makes me wake up every day you know i'm always going to be able to do something to help somebody else you know so but it 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 took me a long time to get to where i'm at today it was a lot of work it was a lot of soul searching because when i went to prison I stayed in that game for a long time, you know, I I stayed in that game for at least another 15 to 20 years of survival, drugs, alcohol, uh, just hustling and, 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 you know, whatever came along with it, if we have to do something to somebody or somebody needs to be dealt with, I mean, all those crazy things, you know, and they, and they say this is this is what's really crazy they say it, it takes a man you know to survive in prison you know and i'm like man it don't take no man to survive in prison you know it takes a man to be it takes a man to survive but it takes a man to turn his life around if you're in there trying to turn your life around then i I say okay you know you you, you know now you're becoming a man you know but yeah. anybody could survive in prison you know anybody you know so it don't you know they, they say that's where the uh, uh they make you know they separate the man from the boys and that's just all drama man and it, it's just like you know now if you went in there like a lot of us did and you were able to turn your life around mm-hmm. that's that's what i call it, you know being a man when you're able to take responsibility, when you're, when you're able to, of your life, when you're able to hold yourself accountable for everything that you do and, you know, just make sure that you're doing the right thing every day and making the right choices and just trying to do something to, to be better. Yeah. You know.
0: Man, Uh, Going back to like, you know, uh, your time in prison. So even though you are Samon, but, like you went in as a Mexican gangster, didn't you, or or somebody that was from a Mexican gang?
1: Yeah, I, I went in there and I and I and and I I stayed with the Mexicans for a minute. Yeah, because yeah, I, so I ended up.
0: You, uh-huh. Race is a big thing in in prisons in the states.
1: Oh yeah, yeah. You're separated. You mm-hmm. know the you know the crips got their own spot. The bloods got their own spot. Uh, the whites, uh, Nazi lowriders and all of them, they got their own spot. The essays got their own spots The others. Uh, the Samoans and all the Asian, the Polynesian, we got our own spot. Everything's separated. You know, you got your own tables, you got your own chairs, you know, you, you you don't just go over there and sit in somebody's territory, you know, it's, it just caused a whole bunch of conflict, you know, that, that, mm. you know, we, we fight in there, and we kill each other for a table, Wow. you know, and, uh uh or, or, you know, anything that we feel like belongs to us, mm. you know, we're gonna go, you know, there's gonna be some damage done and you don't cross the line, you know, you got people that, you know, that resolves issues, you know, when that can be resolved, when something's going on But, you know, sometimes, uh, uh, you know, you just go at it, you know, because they know uh, sometimes things just happen, you know, and you just got to do what you have to do. Yeah. Yeah. But we'll we'll kill each other for a piece of grass because you go out to the yard, there's, you know, grass, there's dirt and you got your turf. We got our turf and, you know, somebody might just be walking by and they might have a conversation with somebody, but they sitting there or standing there too long, you know, uh, excuse me, you know, time to move uh move away from that, yeah. you know so yeah it's just uh man uh california is probably one of the worst as far as the mentality of gangs and because everything is run by just it's the race thing it's the gang thing it's like you know and then it's the drugs and the politics the drugs is like you know because everybody's got you know their own way of selling things and and uh and when you owe money, you know, like if somebody from, from the Islander car was doing some some drug transaction and, you know, he's trying to hide from us and not letting us know what he's doing and he owes some other people money, they're not going to just go get him. They're going to come and talk to some, pop, some people that runs that car and they're going to let them know, hey, you know, your, your folks owe some money, you know, can you guys please take care of it? yeah you know that's how they try to resolve things but then when you don't take care of the issue it leads to bigger things
0: yeah you you spoke about uh you just mentioned cars different cars the the islander car and um so if we could just speak on that like because from out here in australia even our prison culture is 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 about is a bit different so
1: so does that mean so the island car the island car is the samoans the Tongans uh the Fijians if you're from the island you from you you in the car yeah and so um uh we have the Asians all the Asians the monks, the uh Vietnamese uh, uh the Chinese the Japanese whatever they all uh in that car so um it's, it's funny because one of the things in, uh, uh, that we talk about all the time is that it don't matter if me and you were killing each other out here in the streets. When you go in there, we're going to watch each other's back. We're going to love each other. We're going to take care of each other, you mm-hmm. know? And so that's what we're trying to push out here in California now. We're trying to push the same type of love that we, go, we do in, the, in prison, you know, because the bottom line is we're, we're outnumbered in there but so we have to stick together and that's what makes us strong because every other race they they know that we might be short you know but they know with that heart you know they know them damn islanders man you can't just go up in there and do something because Mm -hmm. you're gonna you know they're gonna come strong so and they respect that they know that we have love like that in our in our in our cavale So they respect that. And so, you know, there's no trying to get over on us or nothing like that, you know? So that's the thing about it. You know, we're out here, you know, on the streets killing each other, but when you go in there, you you love each other. There's no other way to do it in there. You know, you can't come in there and act like, you know, you're going to do something to another, so it ain't going to happen like that. You just going to come in there and we all going to chill. Yeah.
0: So it's it's crazy to to think that maybe one of the reasons why like a young Uso, or, you know, a young Pokow might go to prison is because of something that he did against another Uso and he might be in the same car as with that family member or with even with the person that he was fighting against. So yeah. that's you know so that's what you guys are pushing out there and so when you first went into prison, were you with the Mexican car or the islander car Mexican
1: car Mexican car, but I slowly got out of that and, and 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 um you know because you know I'm not saying that you know I'm like a some type of special person or you know I was able to get out of that and 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 be free you know from that lifestyle, but it was just you know I, I believe you know you if you carry your spell yourself with respect and um you know and uh uh people respect you you know they will respect what you do yeah. you know so i didn't leave under bad terms or anything like that and and everybody you know that i was able to do what i did you know i went back to the russo and and it was all good the, the usos they accepted me like you know like a brother you know it, it wasn't no big deal
0: i saw you know? on um i saw on 30 to life on russell run podcast that that you guys call it coming home
1: yeah yeah because because a lot of us when we go in there we get caught up in these different gangs you know that we come from like there's a lot of usos that are uh crips or bloods so they don't know no better when they go to prison they like you know they're still stuck in that same old thing but after a while they see you know things that you know that they, they don't you know really agree with and or or whatever it is that made them change their mind, you know, that made them, you know, like he, like Ron said, come, coming home, you know, come back yeah. to the house, you know, so, yeah.
0: That's cool. So we, we just briefly spoke about, you know, like, what was it like within uh, prison, within the, like, racial terms and, and, you know, the, the, what were the Islanders is like in there? But maybe um, if you could share just some things that, that youth, you want to communicate to the community of what prison was like. Like the young youth that are looked towards um, that lifestyle and, and maybe going to prison is like going to university or like, you know, that's that's where the OGs go. And, and you know, I, I know it sounds silly, but, uh, you know, I remember being a youth, it was like something cool that when someone goes to prison, you you, you bragged about it. Like, oh, man, it's Mauso, man. he's He's locked up and shout out to you know or, um you know and you always wanted to tell people that you had also sorts in prison and and things like that and, and it was almost like a glorified thing but yeah. I, I was thinking maybe you could share what are your views on that
1: yeah that that that, that lifestyle you know i mean i can understand a, a little youngster thinking that way right because we all thought that way growing up but you know uh, i lived that you know so i know how hurtful that is how painful that is waking up every single day you're pretty much eating the same thing all the time it's the same menu every week Uh, this is going to be a lot of lonely nights There's going to be times when you call home and everybody is there and you know holidays and all that you're going to miss everything of life the only thing there is that you're just alive you're just alive trying to survive in prison but everything else you're just blank to it you know you can't really reach out to your family you know when they come visit it's only for a few hours you know it's just like a it's it's, it's like a roller coaster that just never stops you know because and and it, you know it's just like i looked out that window for years oops i looked out that window and it was painful man it was always I was always thinking like when when is this going to be over with you know when am I going to be able to go home you know because I, I I've been to all kind of prisons in California but when you look out the window it looks the same thing you know it's the same you know you're just looking out in the skies you look in the stars at night And you just wonder when this thing's going to be over with, you know, but you have to pay the price, you know, you just got to pay the price of what you did. You got to own up that. Like everything else in life, you have to own up to what you did. So, uh, uh, yeah, it's, 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 it's it's not a life to, to to brag about at all. You know, you might see it on, uh, uh, on one of the rap videos, how they glorify and all that. Yeah. Them rappers ain't been in prison. They just mm-hmm. talk about all that lifestyle, you know, but they ain't lived that lifestyle for real. You know, you got some real players from the folk women that did that and been there, but we're out here talking about how that, you know, just, it's a shameful life, you know? Who wants to brag about your uncle being in prison? You know, I mean, I, they got people that do that, but man, I don't want you to talk about your uncle being in prison or your father being in prison, you know? So, I, you know, it just, uh, it's it's just a wonder, you know, it's, it's just something that you, you, you I'm never going to ever get this 30 years back. You know, I lost that, you know, I lost that time with my, my kids where I would have been able to connect with them and be the father that I should have been to them. You know, we got a relationship now, but it's not a relationship where, you know, we're like this, mm. you know, we talk to each other, we love each other, but it's not like, you know, I have that bond with them. You know, so those are all the things that these kids don't see. You know, they might go in there young, but they might have a kid, you know, something like that. And then, you know, f- for me, I never got to take care of my parents when they was old. You know, when they got to that age where I was able to take care of them like they took care of me. Mm-hmm. I never got to hug my mom or my dad, my sister, my brother. You know, these are all things that are painful, man. You know, that you are gonna miss out on. You know, you're just going to miss that, man. You, you know, the bond I should have had with my daughter, you know, it's just like it, I'm still hurting on that. You know, that pain won't go away, you know, yeah. and that's what I'm trying to share with these young folks. They don't have to go through that experience that I've been through. Listen to my words, you know, listen to what I got to tell you. Let me be that experience to tell you that you don't have to go through it. Because once you get in it, you might not get out of it because they got predators up in there. You know, they got people that will hurt you if they give, if you give them a chance, you know? So don't let this, you know, just because we out here, we doing, we, I'm, I was able to make it out and I'm speaking. Don't let that be the reason for you to like, oh, well, if OG made it, I can make it. Hell no. There's a lot of in-betweens that, you know, from the first year to the 30 year. And all that combined, man, is painful. It's shameful, you know. There's things that, you know, I regret doing and and I can never make up uh, uh, none of that stuff. But I do it through this. This is where I give back, you know. So to all you young brothers and sisters, man, listen to a triple OG that's been in prison for 30 years. You know, this lifestyle is painful. This is something that you would never want to wish on anybody else. You know, don't go through it. Listen to somebody, you know, and, uh, uh, yeah.
2: Yeah.
0: It's crazy. I, um, like just the severity of like thinking about how long that actually was you know serving 30 years i just i just turned 30 years old and i'm thinking like my whole life that's what you you spent in prison and and so you were sentenced to uh 15 to life so how does that work so you had another 15 on top or
1: uh 15 to life means you can do anywhere from 15 to 17 to 20 to 25 it all depends on what kind of program you give them it all depends if you want to go in there and do good turn your life around and because i had to go to a board and the board is usually three people sitting there and so when you go to the board you gotta because they got all kind of self-help programs they got alternative to violence they got anger management they got domestic violence i mean they the list goes on and on and so these are the type of programs you got to go to and so when you you got aana so when you go to these programs when you go to the board they're going to ask you okay what did you learn in this program what did you learn in this program well when i was doing i'm uh you know i when i first started going in i started doing the program but i wasn't paying attention i just went over there grabbed that piece of paper because they give you a chrono after you finish the class yeah. It might be like, like a four-week class or something, six-week, and they'll give you a, a a chrono saying you completed, you did good, and all that, whatever. So, you know, I used to collect those things, and I'll go to the board and I'll give it to them, and the board member will ask me, "Well, Mister Taulua, uh, what did you learn over here?" <laughs> and I would sit there and like try to fake it. <laughs> you know try to fake it and, and, and like tell them some bs and, and and they can read you they know the bs you know they know when you come in there and you're faking it so i did that i played i played with the game for at least 15 15 years i i, I went in and out the board like it was nothing you know so yeah i did that but but uh, uh no uh, uh i ended up doing 30 years because it took me that long to get my life right. You know because when i finally uh, uh said you know enough was enough and we had a governor that came in that was letting lifers out if you did your program if you you know if you went in there and you showed the boy that you turned your life around they were letting you out because before they didn't let nobody out yeah. we had we had uh republican governors that it was you know they just shut the door on you yeah. when you go in there it was like come back in three years come back in five years come back you know whatever yeah when they turn you down they do that so what happened is we finally got a democrat up in there that that was you know giving us a chance governor brown and when he came on board the rumors started going around like hey brown is letting people out so boom you know we hopped on it and you know we got on uh (laughs) i started you know it, it it was brown coming on board it was me getting to that point where I needed to do something now and then somebody you know God brings somebody into my life that helped me turn my life around which is my wife yeah. then it was my girlfriend you know I mean we would just start talking at the time yeah. and so uh, uh she was really on me about making sure I stay with my program she's the one that told me to go back to school get this GED and you know so I, I needed that push you know I needed somebody to push me and and so uh that's what helped me. Go back to everything that I was doing, and so while I was this is when I was going through all those programs, it helped me get in touch with a lot of deep feelings that I had. You know, a lot of things that you look, you, you know, you don't talk about, you know, you just like sweeping under the rug, and you know, you just suck it all up because that's what we're taught to do when we're young. You know, man up, you know, and so I was able to get in touch with my emotions, you know. Uh, uh, my feelings and understanding, you know, if I get angry, it's not a bad thing. You know, mm-hmm. it's just a feeling, man. You know, you just know how to deal with it. Understanding if I feel like uh, I'm getting emotional and I can't handle it, go ahead and let it out, man. It ain't nothing bad, you know, we're taught not to cry. You know, mm-hmm. so all those things started connecting. You know, I started connecting the dots and everything. And I started, man, I just started learning about myself, man. And And, uh, and so I let everything go slowly. You know, I started letting things go. I, I uh, stopped uh, being around the drug game, you know, as far as selling anything. And uh, I slowly, I, I uh, got away from drinking. I stopped getting high. And I was doing all these things. But the thing about it, when you change your life is um you've been in these bad habits for so long, you know,
0: yeah.
1: from before I went to prison. And so some of the bad habits, you still have it, but you don't know you have it. and uh and so uh it's crazy because those bad habits will pop up you know like for me uh i liked it to talk to women you know not thinking it was anything bad because i'm not dating them or nothing but i already was committed to you know my girl back you know before we got married and so you know uh uh word you know women you know when they come visit you you know they all stick together you know they kind of watch each other's uh guy you know like just in case my wife don't come she got a friend over there that's going oh make sure I don't go in there and visit but anyways she got word you know something was going on and so uh <clears throat> I remember you know I had got transferred to another prison I remember I went in there and uh, uh we started talking and I could see there was something wrong You know. Yeah. And uh and then she hit me, you know, she's she started crying and you know, and uh and, and it really hit home on that, you know, because I I yeah. seen, you know, like, damn man, what the hell's wrong with me? You know, I changed, you know, I'm telling her I'm changing, you know, I'm doing all these things, but I still sticking on to some stupid, dumb habits, yeah. you know, for what? And then when I seen her crying and her tears, it it just like broke me down, you know, because she didn't deserve it. You know, mm-hmm. she don't deserve that. And, and that was the day I said, you know, okay, you know what, man, you know, it, it, it helped me learn that I still have these little habits that I needed just, just to let go. I, I, I ain't going to be able to do, be who I want to be if I continue to hold on just a little small things. I let the big things go, but it's these little small things that, you know, I held on to. <laughs> And, uh, that was the life changer right there. That, that was the big game changer for me was that, you know, that just helped me know that, you know what, I can't half step on this. You know, I gotta be all in like I was when I was banging and all in now that I'm trying to change, you know? So, yeah. So after, after I did that, I stayed with my programs and I was going back to the board. And I was still getting turned down because, you know, they go by your records, they go by your everything, you know, all the stuff that I've been in trouble for, all the things I went to the hole for, they check all that stuff out. And just because I turned my life around doesn't mean that they're going to let me out right away, you know, which I I didn't feel bad at all. You know, when I went back to the board this time, I was good. I was good. When they turned me down, they tell you why they turn you down. They say you're on a good program, continue to do that but you need some more time. And I was, I was good with that. I felt like, you know what, I'm gonna accept that, you know, and, and, uh, and I'm gonna come back. You know, I had hope. Now there was hope, you know, it was hope there, you know, it wasn't like I was discouraged. I just knew I had to work. So I got shut down, man. Uh, another three times before I finally got my date. before I finally went in there and, uh, and then uh we went through the whole thing we're talking and they want to hear you they want you to you know like i'm talking right now yeah and then uh they go out for 30 minutes to an hour or whatever and they debrief and do whatever they do make their decision they come back and uh and uh, uh uh they they let you know and so i remember sitting there it's them and me and my lawyer and uh and uh my lawyer I, i'm i'm listening to him but i you know some for some reason it just everything just went quiet on me and i look at my lawyer and i'm like man did he you know did that am i am i hearing right you know when he said that you know you've been found suitable and not, man it was like i i couldn't believe it man i just sat there and i was like you know it, it, was, it was it was it was a it was a it was a heck of a feeling man i i just can't describe the feeling all i wanted to do was call my wife up because they were coming to visit me on that 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 weekend because yeah. they knew i was going to the board so they wanted to come no matter even though if there was a no or a yes they wanted to be there you know she brought my grandkids yeah. and so i remember um um calling them when i got out i went over there and i and i called them and i and man all i heard as soon as i told them i was good was just a bunch of people screaming? Uh, <laughs> yeah, it, it was like the best feeling in the world, man. It was like, yeah, so when we had they when they came to visit that weekend, man, we just we ate a bunch of food, yeah. had a bunch of Twinkies and, and uh yeah. ding dongs and yeah, it was cool. <laughs> yeah,
0: the party was on. It was on. So you um so you went in eighty 1987 and you got out in 2017.
1: Yep. Oh. Wow. Yeah, it was a journey, man. It, <clears throat> it was a journey. It was, it was, man, it, it it was, man, it was just like, when I think about it, when, when I was in there, when I was stuck in this lifestyle, I didn't really think about it, you know, because I lost hope. Uh, and i didn't really think about the years going by because i thought you know this is this is where i'm gonna die you know so you know i'm in a groove of things i'm surviving i'm hustling i'm gambling i mean we're doing everything mm-hmm. and anything you don't think about the years just going by all of a sudden you know your hair start going you know the brochures getting gray <laughs> you know and and now you're like god dang you know <laughs> <laughs> <Man>. <laughs>
0: And um, so you got out 2017, and now like just how you're doing now, you're sharing your story. And you you mentioned before about um, the fall movement. And I, I mentioned that early on before we um, started the interview. And um, so the fall movement stands for F.A.T.A. also, O.U.S.O. which means the gathering of brothers and also um, fall f-o-u also in simon means new like a new thing yeah and uh, there's so there's three uh, programs and it's the youth outreach the re-entry and the recovery and you and you are the you leading you're currently leading the re-entry program
1: yep yes that's that's my new gig yeah yeah and i and i love it man you know uh i create the the resources uh, for our brothers and sisters that are coming home, Mm -hmm. you know? So I'm connecting with all kind of other organizations, you know, making sure that when they come home, they'll have a job, they have a trade. If they want to go learn a trade, if they want to go back to school, we got, you know, we got it all, you know? uh, 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 Clothing, uh, transportation, and so they can go get their social security ID, get started, you know, care packages, you know, whatever the Usos need, the phone was going to have, that's my job to make sure that they got these connections. And I love connecting with other people because they love working with, you know, with people that love doing what we do, you know, so uh, uh, there's a lot of organizations out here uh, in uh, Southern California. And we also uh, connect with our brothers and sisters out there in Northern California. Mm -hmm. You know, they've got a big uh, uh, Polynesian uh, organizations out there. uh, I.e. one. Uh, They got United players, they got our sisters from uh, Tylenol Tuesday, Um, you know, so everybody's on the move, you know, out here we got the Mao sisters, Uh, that's another uh, Samoan group that uh, girls that was started because we, they, we was, they was inspired by what we're doing.
2: Yeah,
1: You know, so these are also girls that have been into some trouble, you know, that went through some things and now they're getting their group started, you know, so. You know, we're just trying to make sure that our Polynesian community is taken care of um, because everything over here, a lot of the Palangis, the Meuris, the Mexicans, they all already got a big pot of all the the money that's involved to help our communities. So the Islanders, you know, we're pretty on the, you know, on the bottom, Islanders and the Asian community. You know, but the Asian community been around a little bit longer than us. You know Mm -hmm. so there's funds for the islanders and asians and uh we're going to try to make sure that we get the money that we we got uh coming for to help our community out you know Mm -hmm. it's not closed to anybody else we're 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 open to everybody but we have to help our community you know that's our main goal yeah i
0: love um i love what the full movement is doing um and I also love that it's a lot of OGs in the folk movement and people that have uh, been involved. It's not it's not guys on the outside that have you know lived squeaky clean and just want to you know help out every now and then. It's it's guys that were in the trenches and and uh, you know did their years and and are knowledgeable and being able to pass their story on to to help our also and and our you know our brothers and sisters that are going through. You know uh, the street life or you know getting locked up so uh just big ups to everything that you're doing out there and and you also just had your one year anniversary right
1: yeah we just had our one year anniversary uh friday um and i'll send you some pictures on that too uh mm-hmm. it came out really nice uh we were able to invite we decided just to go with uh all the guys uh you know bring a homie from the hood yeah. and um you know uh, and just break bread you know we had a nice little Hawaiian uh, restaurant out there we all got together and and man it was it, it I think this never this ain't never happened you know uh, we were able to sit down it didn't matter what colors uh you flagging you know but just break bread and have yeah. a good time it was man it was uh it was beautiful man I, I I'm gonna send you some pictures but man it was like you know you had to be there to feel it because it was spiritually uplifting and just to be able to do this man it's never been done
0: yeah that's right and, and you're also bringing the also from different neighborhoods and different gangs together right and
1: yeah that's so, what we did yeah, the yeah. big thing. so mm-hmm. we will we, we'll continue we we, we we this is what we're trying to do you know just uh for the uh the other program let me just speak on the other two real quick yeah. uh uh my brother uh kt lua is running that uh uh recovery part yeah. And he's a uh, ex-drug addict. Uh he's a gang member, been in prison as well. And he's really uh 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 serious about his recovery. And mm-hmm. so he has a lot of uh knowledge about that and he runs that group. Uh they all of our groups have uh, uh meetings like the ones I invited you to. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. All of our groups got meetings uh weekly, uh always every other week. Uh, we have meetings as uh, far as for the community to come in and if it's the recovery, you know, it's a bunch of brothers and sisters that's going through that, that'll come in there and share their story, whatever, you know, to support and encourage each other. So that's what we do in all these programs. And then also the youth outreach is uh, brother uh, Peter Afamata, uh, you know, him, Upu, James, uh, they run this program. And uh we're trying to you know reach out to all, all these uh different you know ways that we can reach out to our community. They do a wonderful job uh trying to uh connect the youth and just show them a, a better way, you know, just uh talking to them and they have their own way of uh doing things. But these uh, uh they have uh it's Peter Afamata that's leading that group, but the two brothers that's uh uh helping putting that group together is uh James and upo james was in prison for 30 years and upo was in uh, prison for 24 years
0: wow.
1: you know so these brothers come from that type of background where you know because upo grew up in compton james grew up in oceanside you know yeah. so they you know you know it's just uh, you know god is just working in all kinds of ways for us we got uh, uh on the recovery there's another brother named vika he's on that uh, group as well. And he did 30 years in prison, you know? So if you count the years that this group been in prison, it's probably close to maybe two, 250 years or 300 years, because there's a lot of us that's been in prison, you know, but yeah. every single one of us has turned our lives around yeah. and we're serious about it. You know, we're, we're, you know, this is not something that we're doing because, you know, this is the flavor of the day, No. Nah. You know this is something we're doing because this we owe it to our community we the one that put you know did this and we got to be you know we do it you know we yeah. got to you know uh do everything in our power to make a difference yeah yeah Man. It's crazy that um
2: no. it's
1: it's crazy that like
2: as you said earlier in in the beginning of um the interview you were saying how mentally you guys were thinking um, when you were in in the time in your time with the gang, when you were young, mentally you were thinking that you were protecting the the neighborhood, but then to see this full circle of you know going you going through life and eventually doing that, um, doing exactly that at the end of your your sentence as well, like it's yeah. crazy. To, it's crazy to see that kind of full circle moment. Yeah, um, yeah. You, know, you, you're, you're are actually, you are protecting the neighborhood yeah, now, like you're actually doing yeah. it. Uh, yeah, yeah
1: yeah it's it's man the work man it's just something rewarding about it you know you i mean it just it's crazy because you're absolutely right on that man because we went from doing that now we're you know we're, we're just doing something totally different and and i just love it man i love it when i'm able to connect with other like i went to church uh saturday right And they had the pastor up there speaking and man, he's speaking and talking. And I'm like, man, I need this guy in my life because I can do something with him in our movement. You know, we can team up somehow. You know, I don't know how we're going to team up, but I need that spirit. And it was crazy because when he found out I was from the foe movement, he wanted to connect with me. Wow! And I was like, wow, you know, I didn't, I didn't, I didn't even think that this man knew who I was, you know? Yeah. And and so those are the kind of kind of connections that I love, man. I love going somewhere where people know about some little bit about us or a lot about mm-hmm. us and they want to connect, man, I need it all, man. We, yeah, we need yeah. it all, you know, we're trying to build a village, man, you know, we're trying to build a village out here. Yeah. Oh, um,
0: Yeah. <laughs> I think that that's something that we were we shared. Like I, I spoke with you, Belle about, but it was something that on the also table talk with me, waves and nuns and and Rolly, um that was something that was always on our heart. It was like we need a we need to help our alsos in the streets, and because we we met in Bible college, and what we were learning in Bible college wasn't necessarily something that was being able to help um, our alsos on the streets, and. um and then when i spoke with you uh also waves and and you were saying man like it's it's all about teaming up it's all about doing it together yeah and teaming up with ogs like yourself and people that have lived that life and and let's all do it together because at the end of the day we are a village
1: yeah and, and that's what we're trying to build man is a village man you guys can't do it yourself you got to have your army we got to have your warriors with you my brother yes sir,
0: yes, sir. yeah yes, sir. I think um just, just before we, we finish up, I just wanted to ask you, is there anything that, that you would like us, you know, to share as a message to people? Because sometimes um, on the also table talk, we get people that, uh, some of the also listening in from detention or like uh, detention centers, that they're just about to be deported or, or going through deportation, um, but also maybe some also on the streets. and and you know living the street life and is there anything that you want to just briefly share about you know just out to the all a message that you would want to close on for the all on the streets and the all in lockup?
1: up yeah most definitely man uh um whatever whatever you think you caught up in you know uh, that lifestyle you really think that is it's about something it really ain't you know uh I'm living proof of it. It ain't about nothing, man. You know, I spent 30 years in prison for what? When I could have been chilling with my family. You know, I could have been doing something great, you know, long time ago. But, uh, you know, I threw my life away, man. And if you're sitting in the detention thinking that it's all over, it ain't over because they're sending you back home. Okay. You know, you might have lost a little bit out here in New Zealand or Australia, wherever you're at. But at least you're out. At least you're going to be going back home. And, and you know, it's, it's, it's never too late to change. Look, look at me. I'm gray, bald-headed, and I, and I made the change, you know. And I love the life that I'm living today. You know, you don't have to throw everything away just because you want to make a, you know, a name for yourself. Or you want to impress, you know, your older homie. You know, because at the end of the day, man, it's not worth any of that. You know, uh, uh, you may not have a good relationship with your parents. You know, may, they may be too strict uh, uh, with you. But try to find, reach out to a friend. You know, just reach out to anybody and uh, and uh, speak about those things. Talk about those things. Go and get involved in sports. If you can get involved in sports, go do something like that. Go do something positive. You know, go back to church. And, you know, because in the long run, you know, if you do, if you if you get it correct now, If you listen to an OG like me and try to get it right, you're going to live a happy life. But if you continue on that road, man, I'm telling you, it's painful. I lived it. It's painful. It's shameful. And you're going to have a lot of lonely nights where you don't get to eat what you want to eat. You don't get to drink what you want to drink. You don't get to go out to get you a fresh air anytime you feel like it. You know, the door opens up. To go uh, when you go eat breakfast, they open the door up for you. They tell you what time you get to go to breakfast, and then they don't you know, tell you to go back in your cell and you sit in your cell for another five six hours, and they come and open it up if you if you uh, want to go to lunch. Now they don't even have you don't even go out to go get a lunch. They throw a sack lunch in your cell, you know. So and you get a peanut butter and jelly sandwich for lunch, and it's the same program every single day. So it's the same breakfast for the whole week, you know eggs, scrambled eggs, potatoes, beans. You don't get no McDonald's. You don't get to get, to you know, balsami or fasporia or anything like that. You're going to live a life that you, you're going to be crying like a little baby if you ain't, you're going to man up in the prison, man, because they taking everything away from you, my brothers and sisters, everything. They going to strip you down and excuse the way I'm going to say it, they going to strip you down butt naked and then you're going to walk in they're going to give you your clothes and from there on, you're just a, a number my number is e31347 i that was my name for 30 years that was my name when they called talked i asked a 831347 f- that was me that's how i answered to the man you know you're no longer you know a, a human being they look at you as a number so you know man you got brothers here that love you You got brothers out here in Southern California that love you out here in California. We love you guys. And this is why we're on here. And the next time you probably see me, I'm going to have my crew with me. You know, we're going to talk some more. Because it ain't over. You know, we got some messages to, to give you, uh, little brothers and sisters, because we love you. We care about our Polynesian community. And we don't want you to be, old, 30, 40 years from now, sitting in my chair, telling your story. No, we want, to, we want you to tell the story about how you did uh, some great things out there in Australia and New Zealand, man. So don't never give up, though. If you fall down, keep getting up. Keep getting up. Cause i fell down a thousand times but i got up a thousand and one at time and i'm out here now you know i'm loving my family i'm loving life and i'm loving doing what i do so keep your head up uh young man and young lady because god loves you too wow thank you yeah. so much
0: thank you so much Usobel.
1: yeah yo my pleasure man thank my you, pleasure
0: Man, the story that is we were sharing, and, and also not even finished yet, and we got way more to yeah, keep uh, sharing, way more to keep working on, and and I. But I really appreciate your time. Um, if there's anyone that is watching us um, and you want to reach out to the Full Movement, uh, you can find them on Instagram. They do have an Instagram. That's F O U uh, Full Movement. Um, if not, and if I'm saying it wrong, I will find the specifics. You can message us on Also Table Talk Podcast and we'll link you to the fold movement. If you're in um, Southern California or California and the United States and you're getting out of and you're, you know, you've just got out of prison or, you know, you need some help from the Ursos, let us know or go to directly to them. But if you're watching this, we'll help you link to the alsos. So uh, man, just really appreciate it. Uh, also, Phil, uh, pineapple. We just thank you so much, man. Thank you, thank you,
2: thank you, Phil. Um, that was that was yeah. amazing. Okay. I'm literally sitting in here in awe of your story, man. And I, I just want to honor you and thank you for taking the time to really, you know, share your message and share your heart. We can't wait for I can't wait for the next one <laughs> to be here on us.
1: Let, yeah, go ahead and take your time. Do what you're going to do, and I'm gonna put a panel together of some uh, a, a couple of my guys and a couple of uh, uh, girls, yeah. you know, that's involved out here, you know, because we wanna we want y'all to get it, mm-hmm. you know, we want y'all to get that message, man, you know, we we care about our folks. I don't care if you in manga somewhere, you know, <laughs> you want the message to get there. Yeah. yeah. All
0: right. Do you, anything else that we wanna share? I think, I think I'll close up in prayer.
1: Yeah, yeah, that's cool.
0: Cool. Let's, yeah. pray. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, we just thank you for today. We thank you for this opportunity that we got to come together and to hear a story and to share a story that uh, you have had your hand over this whole time. We just thank you for uh, our OG, Triple OG, also Bell, aka Pineapple. We thank you. his life and we thank you lord that you have brought him so far to be able to share his story and lord maybe all those years ago he never would have thought that he would be sharing stories even out here in new zealand and uh, australia and around the world lord and we just thank you that that you had his hand the whole time lord that you guided him the whole way and we just pray lord for uh, the future to come lord that there'll be many more uh, lives impacted lord and that there'll be many more uh young brothers and sisters that that will be um encouraged by the story lord we thank you for the full movement and everything that they're doing For also we thank you for them lord we pray that you continue to bless them and keep them lord and continue to work through them lord and we just pray uh, that um that many more will come to the table lord and share this story to be able to um, encourage our people we pray all these things in the name of jesus christ amen and amen
1: amen, amen my brothers so so when do you think you guys are gonna uh this is gonna be out uh, most to...
2: likely i'll uh, put this one up um
1: by the end of next week yeah. okay make sure you let me know and i oh you think if i send some pictures you guys will be able to put that up uh, yeah that'll be
2: good that'll be really okay cool. that will really help Okay, what I'll do,
1: I'll send some, uh, maybe a couple of uh, prison pictures, yeah. and then pictures, you know, uh, when I came home, and then I'll, I'll send a couple of pictures of the event that we had uh, this Friday, because there's a bunch of uh, different Usos on there, and but I'll send some prison pictures, and, you know, you got, some family pictures.
0: You got any photos of you uh, before you went in?
1: Um, you know, back in them days, we didn't have the cameras like this we got now. (laughs) So, you know, people wasn't carrying around them things, you know, (laughs) you know, (laughs) but, uh, yeah, let me look, let me see. I think there's a couple, you know, floating around somewhere, but, uh, uh, yeah, I try to get there, but, uh, yeah, I really, I really enjoyed it, man. I want the message to hit. uh, hopefully it it does some good for, uh, uh, people's out there, man. I'm really looking forward to getting some good results and. You know, just keep up the good work, though, man. You know, yeah, appreciate it. Yeah. Well, just to
2: um, just to quickly do an outro for our, our listeners, I just wanted to thank you again for taking the time to tune in. Also, um, thank you to everyone, obviously, who's taking the time to listen to the story. If you if you obviously have anything you want to chat about or talk to us about, please feel free to hit us up on our DMs, and we'll, we can link you up with Bells if you want to talk to him or, or anything that he's got going on. So um but thank you again Phil, frosty yeah. thank you if very much, it, yeah man. if
1: anybody want to get a hold of pineapple of, of, of let them know man
2: Yeah, you know you
1: <laughs> let them know you got the connection <laughs> 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 yeah. all right yeah. I love you brothers man all right thank, thank you, thank thank you. you. Yeah. yeah thank you you guys have a good night oh you that guys in good. daytime huh yeah <laughs> and you guys yeah. are on monday yeah. huh yeah, yeah, Monday. Monday here. Okay, well have a good week then, my brothers. Yeah Monday <laughs> too. Yeah. All yeah. right. Yeah. Bye. Bye.